0: You're listening to the Eastside Church Sermon Podcast Series. We are a United Methodist congregation in East Atlanta Village. We seek to be creative, historic, inclusive, and justice-oriented. We are thrilled that you found our podcast. And if you'd like to learn more about our community, visit our website at eastsideatl.org.
1: Can we give the Lord a hand of praise? And I I thank God in the midst of that for Troy and that being like literally in tune. Because when I sent him that text, he he replied with a yes and an exclamation point. You know, it's always interesting, like when you're trying to get the emotion through text and that exclamation point can mean something really good or, you know, or it can mean otherwise. But in this moment, as the words of that song were going across the screen and I was thinking about, um, you know, conversations that Brianna and I have had and that we've had with finance and leadership, you know, it's always that piece of, okay, how transparent do you want to be when you're being transparent? And one of the things I continue to find out in life is that if you're really transparent when you want to be transparent, that God has a divine way of, of letting clarity um, become a gift. Letting clarity become a clarion call into who God is directing us to be. And so as Brianna was, was sharing information about and our journey with, with a joy that I hope that was palpable for everyone. Even when we got to the parts that were a little stickier, I could not help but think about what it means to, to dream as we become living embodiments of the good news of the gospel as we become living embodiments of of the way that Christ incarnated in flesh and reminded us that we are going to be connected that that by the gift of grace that as we live as children of grace not as beasts of burden but as we live as children of grace how the spirit of the Lord moves inside of us in ways where, where we can become a part of some things that some will call miracles. We can be a part of movements that some simply call blessings. We can be a part of, of the way the Spirit of God helps us to be a part of what some folks will call just, just literally getting by on a day-to-day basis. And that is an amazing gift that we're invited into. And, and so, and, and Brianna, as you were sharing, and I thought about those kind of those budgetary breakdowns, I just started imagining, what, what would it be like if a year from now, when we're starting out 2024, looking into what that year looks like financially, what would it look like if, if Brianna was here saying, and, 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 I, and, I'm, and I'm just using some numbers as examples, right? What if she were to say, wow, of our budget is for staff and 55% of that budget is for ministry and operations. What would it look like if we were in this inverse move where we had not only enough, but more than enough for this reciprocal relationship between operations and ministry were to be unfolding in such a way where we're looking at the calendar and we're just trying to keep up with all the good things that are going on. Imagine what if, what if, what if you know, we, we, we partner with Minister Lattimore with the Saturday shower truck. What if in some way we were a part of the expansion of that ministry in ways where it wasn't just one Saturday out of the month, but it's two Saturdays out of the month. And what if on those other two Saturdays, the way that we have provided meals in the in-between time on one Saturday a month, right outside in front, and we normally see about 20 people that come out and just grab some lunch from 12 to 2 on those Saturdays. That's what it's been like the last couple of months. What if those other Saturdays 20 folks, 30 folks are coming on those opposite Saturdays. So two Saturdays out of the month, we're helping to provide the free showers. Another two Saturdays, we're helping to provide some some lunch, some much needed lunch from 12, that 12 to two hour. And what if that began to evolve into having partners, say like in town ministries, that have a regular rotation where they're here And they're able to to identify some of our friends and neighbors who live in encampments now. Who, if you drive by the church on any day during the week, we might see them in a tent or we might see them gathered together right there in that entryway coming off of Moorland. And see, the challenge that we face now is that there are elements of service we can provide. But it's not longitudinal. It's not in a way where we can say it's beyond piecemeal. And I don't even say that in a negative way because a piece of a meal is better than no meal. But what would happen if we were developing the kind of partnerships where when our friends and family who are houseless can can say, I was able to come to Eastside for more than just a moment of rest. What would that look like, family? And you know, it's interesting and Karina can identify with this. Troy can identify with this. Katie can identify with this. Rachel can identify with this. Angela can identify with this. Some of the folks who we've had come in to kind of help us think through what our space could look like can identify with this. When we ask our houseless friends and family, well, what makes you come here? The answer is consistent. The answer is so consistent, they often say, you know, there are other places we can go, and we can find space, but we don't feel safe. For some reason, when everybody comes here to the church, everybody kind of knows you need to act better, and you need to act right, and we, and we feel safer when we're here. So, the question I pose is if our friends are saying they feel safer when they come here, what might happen if there was a different level of intentionality and prayer behind how we ask God to help us show up. See, here's the beautiful thing. We're already asking God how to help us show up. How do we know that? Because there is a pantry out there. How do we know that? Because many of us, we we, we bring clothes that can be connected to the pantry. So we're already asking God, how can we show up, right? But well, how, how do we know? We, 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 we attempted to, to have a relationship with, with, with the Free 99 Fridge that didn't quite come into play, but, but we were asking God, how can we show up? How do we know we're asking God to help us show up? We we were meeting with Michael from In-Town Ministries to help us kind of walk through the campus and reimagine what it could look like. How are we asking? We we, we have a meeting that's scheduled with Safe House where they can kind of walk through and say, hey, we do this all the time. We can can brainstorm with y'all to help you think about how to show up. How do we know we're asking God for those things? Because we, over the Christmas break, we took time to make sure Brandon Towers had some things that they needed. How do we know we're asking? The proof is in the pudding that we're asking. But what happens or what would happen when God hears our prayers in a way where opportunities to be a part of the good news come upon us where something inside and now I'm hearing my grandmother now you always talk about that something inside you know what that something inside is that's the spirit of the Lord speaking to you something inside says expand your vision something inside says Maybe it's time to start having a fishing and loaves mentality. Y'all know the story of the fishing and loaves, right? Where the disciples are looking at Jesus and saying, there are all these people, there are all these needs. And so y'all have probably guessed by now. We're kind of shifting the script here. Um, all these people, all these needs, how are we going to provide for them, Lord? These people have come to where you are. How are we going to provide for them, Lord? Look at the number of them. You know, the biblical text said that there were 5,000 men and women in addition to women and children. So let's just go ahead, and I'm not gonna play fast and loose with the numbers, but. Because we're talking about finance, I'm not gonna play fast and loose with the numbers. At least 5,000 people. At least 5,000 people. But we know there were more. When we look around this community, do we just see one need? No. James, what kind of needs do we see in this community? so many, I don't even know where to start. That's essentially what the disciples were saying. Lord, we see so many, we don't even know where to start. And then Jesus sees this child, calls this child unto him. This child has five pieces of fish and two loaves. And Jesus does something that we talk about Jesus doing every week. Takes it and blesses it. And the resources keep coming. 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 Even when the time for the resources to stop coming at finish says that there were all these baskets still filled with more than enough. What would happen if this time next year we are giving the report? And we're saying the resources keep coming for ministry. The resources keep coming that transform how we see our space. The resources keep coming and the people keep coming. And we keep finding God using us to meet needs that we didn't even know we could meet. What I'm asking that we do in this moment is that we begin to reimagine how how we show up. And mind you, in this reimagining, in no way, shape, form, or fashion, am I saying what we're doing is not enough? Let's not go down that rabbit hole. This is not the rabbit hole of self-deprecation and we're not good enough in what we're doing. This is that place of how can we open our minds up to recognizing that the God who loves us and created us is not the God of limited probabilities, but the God of unlimited possibilities. There are gifts in this room that have yet to be harvested. And all I'm asking is that we open our minds up to the way that God will harvest those gifts. Grace, I think of your journey and the prayers that you prayed in the summer of 2022. You following God's purpose and God's plan. And recognizing that in following God's purpose and God's plan, that sometimes we know part of the answer and we just have to take a leap of faith. So Grace took a leap of faith that had her in Columbia, serving with the Peace Corps. But as we must do on this journey, as she listened, she said, no, that's not quite it. So Grace took another leap of faith that now has her back here walking in purpose in tune with the way that God can speak and move us. So as we rest in this moment, there's some things I'd like us to think about. There are just three things That I ask us to wrestle with as we think about the good news of the kingdom. Because when we think about the good news of the kingdom, there's some things we're told that the good news of the kingdom brought about. You know, our text told us that Jesus was going throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every kind of disease and every kind of sickness among the people. The news about him spread throughout all Syria, and they brought to him all who were ill, those suffering with various diseases, pains, demoniacs, epileptics, paralytics, and he healed them. Large crowds followed him from Galilee and the Decapolis and Jerusalem and Judea and from beyond the Jordan, people came into the presence of the Lord seeking healing, seeking solace. People came into the presence of the Lord saying, is this a place of refuge from all of the madness that's going on around us, the political strife, the social strife, the the, the ways that we are feeling abused, the ways that we're feeling misused. People came seeking solace. And God invites us into that solace. God invites us to be part of that healing. God invites us to be a part of of people reimagining what their lives can look like because they have been touched by the grace of God. And so as we become a part of that as modern day disciples, I ask that we remember three things to close us. As we reimagine what this time next year can look like. Let us recognize that this life in Christ, that being a part of the movement of the gospel, of us embodying the gospel, can help us understand that the risen Christ alive in us and speaking into us calls us to engage in ministry that is not transactional, but ministry that's transformational. Ministry that is not transactional, but ministry that is transformational. What happens when we make deeper connections with those with whom we engage in ministry? What happens when we have exchanges with one another as we are in need, and when we have exchanges with our houseless friends who are in need? What happens when we take a moment to to make the eye contact that allows us to see the spirit alive inside of them. What happens? What happens is we move from a simple transaction of of goods or a transaction of food or a transaction of money into a transformational experience that reminds us that the light of God is what is giving all of us life. So I ask that we not engage in transaction with anyone, but we engage in transformation. Secondly, we are the light of the world and we cannot underestimate the difference that we can make. For every child in this room, for everyone under the age of 18 in this room, I want to challenge you all to do something this week that classmate who you look at every day and you see that they just simply need somebody to to make them feel welcome for whatever reason. They need somebody just to stand beside them to say, you are more than okay. They need somebody just to have a conversation with them to make them feel welcome. I challenge all of you to do that this week. You never know the difference that you simply making your classmate feel welcome and your classmate be seen. You don't know the difference that it can make. But as somebody who who worked in classrooms for years I know the difference it could make. And I challenge you to recognize that your light can help somebody's life be better. Thirdly, Christ in us is moving in ways. And I know you all have heard me say this before, but I ask this week to rest in it. We are not called to simply pray prayers. Every one of us in this room is called to be an answer to prayers. That's part of moving from transaction to transformation. That's part of being the light of the world. You and I are placed in people's paths to be answers to prayers. And this is not to put pressure on you because grace is gonna help us do this, right? But do you recognize that somebody might say that God is real because of how they interact with you? Do do you know that somebody might hold on a little longer? Somebody who could be on the verge of making decisions that could drastically alter the fabric of their being might stop in their tracks because of their interaction with you. God has deemed it that the breath you are breathing is so important that God will place you in somebody's path to be part of the moment where that individual says, thank you, Jesus. You heard my cries. And you sent an angel in human form to remind me that I am loved, that I am whole, that I am sacred, that I am not a beast of burden, but I am indeed a child of grace and as a child of grace you have called me to be a part of the good news of the gospel Ryan can we bring those lyrics back up to blue collar praise and if we could, family, could we stand as part of the close of this message? Lord, let these words be reminders that as your spirit lives inside of us, that as your presence sparks our hearts to be a part of divine Difference making change that we are called to be embodiments of your good news in this earth. Let us accept the gift of being your good news manifesting in this earth. And may we realize that we are indeed the word of God for the people of God and everywhere we go, all will say thanks be to God. Family, can we give the Lord a hand of praise?
0: We are now gonna enter into our time of communal prayer as a people of God. So I will pray and if you'd like to join me when I say Lord in your mercy, please respond with hear our prayer. Let us go before the Lord together. Loving God, you are a big God. And God, let us remember that our own smallness at times and our own limitations are not yours and are not your desire for us, God. When we look at this world, when we look at our homes and our communities and our nation and our world, God, and we are overwhelmed by the brokenness and we are overwhelmed by the need, and find ourselves not knowing where to begin or where to start. God, may we have minds like yours, minds that can reimagine, minds that can trust, minds that can hope when the world feels hopeless, minds that can be faithful when everything tells us it would be easier to quit. God, may you sustain. And Lord, when we feel we are not enough, remind us of your promise that we are that no matter how exhausted we are or how little we feel we have to offer, God, that you are enough and that you equip and you save. God, let us cling to the promise that we are children of grace. And God, give us eyes to see those spaces in our lives where we can be more, where we can be an answer to prayer for a prayer someone else is praying. God, be it our resources, our friendships, our words, our actions, our time, Our talents, we cling close to our hearts and are afraid to share. God, may you create space for those and give us hearts to trust you, that you will meet us, that you will be beside us, and that together with you, we can answer those prayers. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. God, we pray for our community. Lord, and we know that when times are hard, it is hardest on those who are already suffering. God, when the weather is cold, it is harder on the health and well-being for those who sleep outside. God, when respiratory illnesses continue to wreak havoc across the nation, it is hardest on those who are already sick and do not have the resources to take days off and to regain their health. God, when inflation and food prices are up, it is hardest on those who are already experiencing food insecurity. And God, when the days are long and there is more darkness and it's January and it feels like an overwhelming amount to accomplish, that is hardest on those coming off a year of grief and loss. And so God, we just pray for those among us in this congregation and those in our communities that bear those burdens, God, that we might be love and light, that we may love each other well and be ministers to one another, that we might see needs and meet them. God, we just pray for your provision and your protection. We pray for your grace and we pray for your peace. We pray for healing. You are the God that went town to town curing all diseases and sickness. God, let us be your hands and feet in that work here and now to love and minister to our community. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. And God, we pray for our nation, its continued pain, God, we pray with broken hearts for those that have been affected by violence, another mass shooting, another 10 dead. God, we just pray for justice and we pray for answers and we pray for healing and just protection over those who are mourning this morning, whose lives have been turned upside down. God, we pray for the wisdom of those making decisions across our city, across our nation, God, that these decisions might be grounded in the reality of those who hurt most, of those most impacted by the policies past. And God, pray that we help use our voices, our vote, our time, our resources, in ways that bring about your kingdom in this world. God, give us wisdom and discernment. And Lord, we just ask that you continue to provide um, for those in need across our nation. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. And Lord, as we go out this morning, just ask for hearts that can reimagine, for minds that can be hopeful, that we might be dreamers, that we might co-create with you, God, for a better world. Lord, whether we are young or old, wherever we find ourselves in, in these spaces in these days, whether we come with little or lots, that it is enough for you. God, that you say we are strong. You say we are good. You say we are worthy of relationship with you. And God, we are so thankful for that promise and that truth. Just pray that we lean into that, that we feel you and that we see you, and that through that we can be light and love to others. Lord, in your mercy. And now I invite you to take a moment of time in silent reflection, praying before God this morning. Friends, hear the good news. Christ died while we were yet sinners, and that proves God's love for us. In the name of Christ, you are forgiven. In the name of Christ, you are forgiven. And now, as a forgiven people, let us take this moment to share peace with one another.
1: Amen, amen. Thank you, Karina. And if anybody has been blessed by what you have heard, felt, experienced today, can we give the Lord a hand of praise? Hallelujah, and as we stand for our benediction, I ask that not only we lift holy hands, but we lift our hearts as we ask you, Lord God, to help us hear the good news, help us believe the good news, and God, most importantly, help us be the good news. Let's go in peace, let's go in love, and let God be God in our lives. God bless you, family.
0: Amen. We hope that you've enjoyed this week's message and we look forward to connecting with you soon. If you'd like to experience our full church services, you can find them at youtube.com slash ATL. And if you'd like to support the work we're doing here at Eastside, you can find our giving portal at our website, eastsideatl.org, be well.